here with my co-hosts, Ross and Jamian. How's it going, Ross? It's going wonderful, Steve. How are you? Fantastic. So, Ross. Yeah. I think uh, you were in London? I was. I was in London last week on business, and it was a lovely business, and it was lovely, lovely London until um, the Manchester attack. That's kind of crazy that you were there, but tell me about the flight over. I like to get the whole detail. So, where'd you fly out of? I flew out of FEMA Region 3. Um, <laughs> and that's in where? Uh, Pennsylvania? It's in Pennsylvania. And I got into London at 9 in the morning. So, I would. So, basically. Direct flight? Direct flight. Um, How many people on the flight? Several. And. Like full, big thing? Like, come on, give me the details. It was um it was a it was a plane like any other plane. Um I was in business class. It's the first time I've traveled in like probably my professional career as far as I've gone. Um so it was cool to be in business class and look back at like oh, wait, 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 so business class is actually a thing. Is there three class of flying? Three classes? Uh yeah. I think you know this. No, I don't. Because didn't you, didn't something happen? I I used to fly as a little kid a lot, a lot. Like, no question, no problem. And then somehow the fear and anxiety crept in. It probably didn't help that an exact plane that I was on over to Egypt uh, crash and everyone died on the same flight about eight months later. uh, (laughs) Off of Cape Cod, right? Off of Nantucket. No, that that was JFK Jr., actually. No, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that I think that didn't help, and that really kind of freaked me out. You know, a lot of un, un uh, no, you know, not not to there. pivot, but like when you were on that flight to or from Egypt, didn't something crazy happen on that plane with you? Um, on the way over, it was interesting. It was the first smoking flight I'd ever been on. I was a smoker at that point, and you think back before nine eleven and. Yeah, smoking on planes, right? Things like that. That was crazy, but that was great. Smoked about a pack and a half on the way over. There was about five people total on this big, big jetliner from JFK direct to Cairo. Um, you know, it was about a 20 to 23 hour flight. It was long. Maybe I'm mistaken. It was 17 hours. 17 hours. Wow. Boston. I don't know, but it was it was it was a, it was between 17 and 20 hours. It was a long, long flight. Yeah, just I mean, what what a teenage what does a teenage boy usually do on a flight like that? This was before iPhones and all that, so there was lots of reading, lots of cranking butts, and trying to sleep as much as possible. But it was before I had any kind of fear of flying, so that was uh, that wasn't even a thing. Okay. On the way back, it was really interesting. So picture this scene. I'll kind of lay it out for you. So um, leaving Egypt. Uh, it was right at the time of Hajj, and for people that don't know what Hajj is, Hajj is uh, a very important holy holiday for Muslims when they return to Mecca, and they do this pilgrimage from all over the world, um, and, you know, I'm sure you've maybe seen it, uh, you know, probably not yourself, but you've seen it in the video where they all go to Mecca, and they walk around in circles, right, like, 
a mass. Like a, it's it's incredible. And then they go, and I don't know all the details. They go, and, and one of the big things is that they get, I think it's three gallons of water from a very uh, religious place, like very holy place. And they actually bring it home with them for the American ones, at least. So I'm on a flight back. And now instead of having three people on the flight, there was, you know, a wait of 30 people, all Muslims returning home from Hajj, making their pilgrimage from the U.S. back. And so, you know, if you can imagine, it's now this big jetliner that is completely packed. They've gone way over capacity on what you can carry as far as your, uh, you know, your your carry-ons because you have these, uh, you have these, especially these big men carrying on these three-gallon jugs of water with them, and they're holding them in their laps. It was very, really interesting thing to see. So, you know, it was almost like a movie scene. You picture this is all, you know, this plane takes off. You know, one of the things, as you pointed out, that I had with not a lot of electronics was the ability to smoke on this long 17-hour flight, and I, I, I was in smoking section. Well, I'll tell you, you know, nobody was in smoking section that time because as soon as I pulled out my pack of cigarettes and I started turning left to right, I had about eight, nine angry, really large Muslims that were not going to have any kind of smoking on that flight. At that point, so I put it away and went without for that time, and that was uh, that was interesting. Interesting, interesting. Oh yeah, that was. Funny. Now, were you in now? Because I I recall you, you did something else on that flight. I guess you're not going down that road, but um, the <laughs> the um, you I recall you wore like garb the next day at school. Yeah, I wore a Galavea. That's one of the. What's it uh, called? The Galavea. Galavea. Okay. Yeah, it's a customary Muslim dress. Uh, it kind of looks like a long dress. Is that the one Obama was pictured in? I believe he may have had one of those. Yeah, when he was doing morning prayers, I think he, I think he was caught doing that. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. It's all making sense. So tell, me about, so tell me about your flight. I'm always interested in flights. So I'm, you, know, you have like a flight, you have a flight fetish. Well, um, fetish. I, I was like reading and I don't didn't really sleep well. I couldn't get my thing to my my seat to go all the way back so i was like balancing i was like planking what airline, what airline did you fly um aa american, american airlines, airlines so, so no uh, no baby punch in the face no uh no um clubs on the head it was um no although i heard babies screaming from the economy class and i look back i'm like you poor you poor slobs um, not mind you, my whole career I've done economy class and whatever. Um, I'm so the, economy, it's economy class. Is that just everyone else? Is that what that's everyone like sitting shoulder class? shoulder to shoulder nightmare scenario? So then they then they have business class, and so that's I assume the upgrade where and that's where you were. Yes, yes. And then then so on this flight specifically, then they had a first class, and that's even. More bourgeois than the the, uh, the business class. Yeah, that one there was like uh, there was dancers and hookers and you know all that kind of. I didn't want to do that, um, so I, I settled for business they class. Low. They got they probably got weed on the plane now. Likely so, at that point. Likely at that point. So th it was like a nine hour, six seven seven hour flight, and uh, got in. Went to Piccadilly Square. What was the first thing you did when you went? Like, what was the first thing you did? You got off and go to Heathrow. Heathrow, I did, I did, um, and then and then just explored from Heathrow. I went to uh, uh, Paddington Station and just did some damage. And 
before I could get into my hotel, I, I kind of went around town. So the first place I went to was the Ecuadorian embassy where Julian Assange is being held. You actually, you actually did this. I thought you were joking when you posted this. No, legit. I uh, The first place I went, other than um, like a coffee shop because I was a zombie, um, was to the embassy. It was awesome. Did it was... you actually go in or were you like a freaking cop tourist just with like your camera? No, I was I was like pretending to not snap pictures. I was right outside. It was, there was, I mean, there was three security guards helping some dope on a bike. And so I just took a picture and, you know left and just walked around town. It is a beautiful city. London's a beautiful, beautiful city. Um, I would recommend anyone go there. Just uh, There was a lot of diverse culture. And just don't go to Ariana Grande concerts. Don't go to Ariana Grande concerts there, although she's coming back in a couple days to that. Uh, um, to to virtue signal bring, about how she loves everybody. She'll bring love happiness. Maybe she'll sing Imagine by and John Lennon. Bringing, I heard she's bringing more importantly Justin Bieber, which... Is she uh, bringing Bieber? Yeah. Yo, she, you didn't hear that. Oh, so she, so Justin Bieber's in, so I think that this is what the Muslim, uh, you know, Palestinian, Israeli, all of that whole, this is what this whole conflict has been missing. It's the missing link. It's the Justin Bieber link. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, so there's your update on that. So, uh, so it's a big conflict that's coming back. Okay. And I hope it goes a lot better this time. Um, but, yeah, so other than that, um, very wonderful, wonderful week in London. Beautiful times. I mean, what were the people like? What was your general person like? It was uh, there was some cuck like tendencies from the males, um, but that was to be expected. I mean, cucks are all over the place, um, and it was very, it was very diverse. It was very. I mean, we don't have many um, devout Muslims in the United States, so it was interesting to see people in full garb. Uh, a lot of the embassies there for the Middle Eastern embassies are like out in the open. It's it's so you you'll see people going in and out. Um, that I thought was kind of cool. Um, and lots of Vespas, lots of um, every car due to emission standards is relatively new looking. Um, so I thought that was cool. It was just very clean, at least where I was. So. So did you do anything, uh, you know, did you go to any pubs? Did you have any good food? Like, give us the breakdown on, like, the exciting cultural things, if any. Okay, so on. I did a couple nights of Thai food. Um, you went to London and you had Thai food. You didn't get, like, fish and chips? No, I'm, I don't do stereotypical things that, like, like I didn't, I, uh, what did I do? I did Thai food, I did, the pubs are good. stereotypical go things, you go to that's that's do. fair that's a fair that's a fair challenge that's a fair right, challenge um we're getting some interesting comments on facebook we we already have some what we believe is a quote-unquote fan this is great um i don't know he's probably too embarrassed if i give him a, a shout out so i'll you know um but uh josh thank you for for listening i mean i'm in the same we're in the same company as stefan molyneux and Christopher Cantwell. Not to be confused with Christopher Cross from the 80s. Um, so shout out to Josh for, for listening. God bless him. Um, also served bravely uh, in, in the neocon wars. So mad props. Anyway, um, we were talking about my trip. It was great. Um, we are... What, what, what did I do? I, I, it, was for, it was for work, but the pubs were great. The beer's a little warm, but the beer was good. There was a honeydew beer that was fantastic. 
Um, Did you see anybody get any fights? Like, you know, I always picture London, and uh, I always get the associationist of the movie Snatch. Um, yeah, so... What's going on in that part? Um, well, I did see a homeless person was the victim of street violence, and her head was, like, busted the hell open. Her head? Her, her head was, she was just, like, on the Were ground. savages over there? There were a couple savages, not gonna lie, but other, other homeless savages. So, um, there was that. Uh, went on the bridge with a terrorist attack, it happened a couple months ago with the truck running over people. Um... Must have been eerie. I went to uh, I went to uh, when we were in Dallas uh, earlier this year. We were in the building. Uh, we were actually in the building that uh, that had the, uh, the the garage attached to it. That they actually went and blew that guy up with that drone, that robot drone. That was a little freaky. Oh really? Oh yeah. Interesting. So how did that feel when you were there? A little different. That was a little eerie for me. Um, it was a little eerie, but, you know, they're going to have terrorist attacks probably for the next 150 years every three months, so... What are you, their, what are you, their mayor? If you should just get used to it? Come on. Man. Yeah, what, what do the mayors say? Like, just get used to it. This is a it's part, part of... Everyday life. It's a part of your everyday life. This is what people do in the cities. You just okay. deal with it. Keep a stiff upper lip. Good God. Come on. Um... Anyway, so that you know that was my trip. It was a lot of fun. London's a great place. Love it. I uh, want to go back there with my wife just to check it out again because there's so many good areas to look. Um, so did you talk to? Did you talk to? Have any opportunity to talk to any real Londoners about Brexit and how they felt? Uh, so I so last Monday night my colleagues took me out and I want to you know you got always got to feel around this stuff carefully because you know i'm their guest i want to be respectful i don't want to be like yeah you guys i'm so glad you brexited you guys were a bunch of pussies until you brexited this is the best um but you know they were they the folks i talked to we got a little bit into it in a nice way it was just like a an exchange of information so we got their feel um they felt trump administration was incompetent but there wasn't a lot of hatred behind it so I was like, okay, you know, if that's your, okay, whatever. Um, I talked to, Jeremy Corbyn is their crazy, uh, he's like the Bernie Sanders of, uh, he's the Bernie Sanders of London without, like, the innovative ideas. And not that I'm thinking Bernie's super innovative, but uh, I don't know. So Jeremy Corbyn was made fun of a little bit. Um, a jury's out on Theresa May. She may not be there for much longer anyway. Um, what was their feeling? What, 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 I mean, what, what, what were they saying? They were just kind of in a standstill. Brexit's coming in two years. They don't know what's coming next. No one knows what what's going to happen with Europe. Um, they feel positive. That's, that's the thing. Positive was, positive. Well, it was tough to, to gauge any positivity because, honestly, that Monday night was the attack, and everyone was kind of, like, somber the rest of the week. So um, couldn't get a good read. But um, we'll see what happens. That was also when those leaks were happening uh, where – the Theresa May was pissed because probably the same leaker in the U.S. is leaking photos and information and intel. Um, His name's uh, Anthony Weiner. I think the New York City Police Department conquered about eight months ago. Right? <laughs> he was leaking. Yeah, there was penis pictures leaked to the U.K. and they're like, "Oh, Anthony, put it away." Um, Anthony was leaking. He's been leaking his penis pictures. Everywhere. He was leaking his penis pictures again. 
Um, but so they were a little bit pissed off about that. And the thing is, the FBI warned London a long time ago. You ever notice when these asshole terrorists strike? Um, they're always on a watch list. They've always been, you know, tracked for four years. They've always been referred to police five times and no one does an effing thing. And that was exactly what happened with this, this guy in Manchester. The FBI gave the UK information. What's that? I don't know. I don't know what we're paying for. Well, you know, for. I, I've heard, I've heard over in the UK that, you know, to be fair, and this is something to really talk about, they have a different set of laws than we do when it comes to, in Canada, they have, they have the same thing, right? That with, you know, it's, these are Islamophobia laws where you can, and people actually have been arrested for seemingly Islamophobia talk. So what, you know, kind of the explanation that I've heard because of that is this guy who's been out in the streets reportedly, you know, the, the bomber of Manchester, you know, chanting Allah, you know, chanting in the streets. And this is documented. People heard him saying this, but everybody's so afraid to go to the, you know, to go and report anybody because of these laws and people who have been arrested for these things. Yep. So, uh, you know, that to me, especially here in the United States and where we grew up, that's crazy. Uh, yep. That's crazy. I don't care if you, it's an Islam, uh, anything, or you, you take that out and put anything in the middle of there. That's what we do here, right? We're yep. allowed to say anything and as long as, you know, to a point, as long as it doesn't incite violence, right? You can, Yeah, you can't insult violence. So, one of the, I guess, the Ann Coulter of the UK is Katie Hopkins. She's a radio host. She got she got fired last week because she said there needs to be, I think she said there needs to be a final solution. So, yeah, that's a step too far. You can make fun of radical jihadis all you want. No one's going to stop you. Um, can't make fun of those migrants, though. Can't, oh, no, can't do that. Um, but she, she went a little bit too far. So then you start to blur the line for what's appropriate and what's really inciting violence. Um, however, here's there's a, here's another thing that's exposed, that's been exposed, and this is something to mention too, is that, you know, we need to start calling it what it is, right? Because it's not a, what this is, this is an economic migration, right? That's what this is, and that's why it's so disastrous. This isn't a, this isn't a refugee migration, right? There aren't, there aren't all of these people, these these male age, you know, eighteen plus men who are the ones that are streaming over there. They're not political refugees from war torn places. Not all of them, right? Right. It's, it, these the people that they're accepting and that they're taking off these boats. They're they're figuring out these are <laughs> these males who are you know eighteen plus. Who are lying about their age, and it's it's totally to do with because they don't like their situation economically where they are in their country currently, right? And that's a big difference. That's a big difference whether how whether and how you're selling that as a government to its people. Of course. So there's two, there's two elements of it. There's so as this isn't important. This is yep, in, yep. In, in, in most cases, right? And I'm not trying to say this is in all cases, right? Because we are the ones that are creating a war in a lot of cases in a place like Syria, you know, with, with our tax dollars, we're spending it. So we got to own it, right? And there are going to be some refugees that are going to come from there. But where are the women and children that we're, that we want to see and take care of, right? Right. Where are these, the stream of these, stream of these, these, uh, you know, these young men, 
again, you know, it, it, it's a totally different decision than what you're calling it, which is, again, it's not a, you know, it's an economic migration. And that's, that has to be called out. It has to be said. It does. It does. And, uh, you know, they, they'll, they'll, they'll go in there to get some of the benefits because they knew the European countries are going to just treat them like kings. And I say kings because the queens and the children are not as, as prevalent as you think they are. It's really military-age men, 18 to 44, uh, real horny, love them some community pools and blonde Swedish girls. Just look at the, oh, I would say look at the news, but they don't cover it. Um, but just, you know, start start digging up some information on uh, migrant rapes. Um, what happened in, I think it was, was it Stockholm or? Uh, it's everywhere. It's, it's everywhere. Well, it's everywhere. Germany, it's Sweden. That's a big thing. So, you know, the people you talk to, do they bring this up as they think it's a problem in London or, you know, your coworkers? Did you guys not be able to talk about that kind of stuff? I stayed away from it because I wasn't going to go over and be like, hey, what's up with all these migrants raping people, touching butts? I kind of wanted to be a little bit more diplomatic. But, uh, you know, the problem is it's one thing if it's if it's women and children escaping, escaping. Um, but and I, I'll, I'm I'm fine with with taking them in, whatever. Um, but it, what we're seeing is boatloads of military age men. That's the problem. The family unit. Fine. I can we can go back and forth on that. We're not going to get too heated. When it comes to military-aged men in these boats coming over, they're the ones perpetrating these crimes. And when 90% of them are Sunni men, 18 to 44, um, while Christians and Shiites are getting the shit kicked out of them and their heads bashed in and cut off, uh, that's where I kind of draw the line. Not even kind of. I do draw the line. So give us your children, your, your, your women, but... The military-aged men just flying solo, I'm sorry. You're going to have to stay behind and grow a pair of, of, you know, a penis and a sack of balls and stay in the land. And, you know... What a great segue in speaking of beheadings, which is always a horrible subject. Uh, But we saw, you know, a a comedian, I laugh at even saying that, comedian Kathy Griffin, for anybody paying attention thought it would be really funny to post a photo uh, with her holding a mannequin that looks like Donald Trump with its head cut off and yes. bloody bloody everything. Right. I want to hear Snow I want to hear Snopes. Uh, Ross, yeah. Face plant? Face plant. No. Face palm. Face palm. Face palm? Yes. <laughs> face plant. Did she do a face plant? <laughs> no, that was Hillary Clinton on 9/11, remember? Oh, oh god. Um so, so to me, like, I want to hear your commentary. Go ahead before I get mine. Well, it's 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 going to be a Captain Obvious commentary, but uh, watch well, Snow. Before, before you, is, is this the line, Ross? Is this the line? You know, we've we've taken a lot from the left. Is this the line right here? Um. Now that they've the sense that I got, they've defecated on whatever line of decency, and you'll get the usual people saying, "Hey, wait a minute! When Obama was president, there were people holding his head in effigy and." Blah, blah, blah. But you know what? What they're not telling you is that Donald Trump has you-know-what threats every single day on Twitter to the tune of tens or hundreds. There's not enough people to keep track of them, so they're letting them slide on Twitter. Um, You hear about the occasional celebrity that goes off the deep end and says something about wanting to hurt Trump. Um, Madonna's walking free. If I said that, if you said that, 
we'd be in jail right now. Uh, Kathy Griffin thinks she's being funny. She hasn't been funny in 56 years. Um, she's about as funny as Robin Williams. Not at all. I think she was trying to be edgy here, right? And that, that's what I get a lot. You know, this is a big thing in Hollywood is a lot of kind of older actresses and actors. They feel like they have to do things to step out, right? Yep. Quote, unquote. Uh, to make themselves and their careers more relevant. I think that this is kind of more of one of those acts of desperation to see how far she can take it, right? She's always been kind of labeled, a, you know, in the in, her, in the radio world, a shock jock, right? Yeah, yeah. So as, as she's always been kind of one of those shock comedians, I think. But, I mean, what, this is what I'm asking is, you know, within this political climate that we've had in the last, you know, 10 months plus, you know, even longer but since Donald's been elected, you know, is this the line? Is no, they, they're going to keep... Personally, Ross, this is the line. Nah. This is the line where I, I look at people and I go, do you think that this is acceptable and you're okay with this? Like the left, right? I'm talking about the people on the left, the people that I used to be a part of. I voted for Obama twice, right? I've I've just been paying attention, I feel like. Again, I just wanted to hold him responsible, which no one seems to on the left want to. They seem to not want to hold Hillary responsible at the same time. They're still you know, willing to beat that drum. They're the same people that are in the quote-unquote resistance movement, right? So are, are those people, are you willing to get behind that picture? Is that okay? Because if that's okay, you may be a traitor. I think we may be at this point. I think that's it. I think that's it for me, Ross. I okay. My breaking point with these people. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I just, I just. I, I would love. To, I want to talk to anybody that wants to defend that photo and how that was okay. I want to hear how their appreciation of you know local events and history of other people and Americans getting beheaded and how this is any kind of funny or how this is appropriate. Well, you'll get it. What you'll get is deflection. You'll get the the favorite line of everyone is, "Hey, wait a minute!" But remember when X Y Z was happening. You didn't say anything, therefore you're. It'll get deflected, and there'll be a reflection mirrored back on you. That's how this will be played. Um, so what I would say is, first off, they're trying to be edgy. It's it's like remember when Meryl Streep got all political at a at a Hollywood event because that's what these losers do. They they get up on stage, they clap, they honor themselves. She was sweating like a pig. She was she had you could just. You could, you could smell her musk from the TV. She probably drew straws backstage. They're like, this, is, this has to be about Trump. We have to do something about Trump. Who's the unlucky bastard that's going to have to make this speech? She wasn't prepared. Alec Baldwin was tired. His flight got in late probably. Um, who else? Ashley Judd. What's that? You, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Lena Dunham wasn't there. She's probably molesting her sister. So like poor Meryl Streep is like, oh, I guess I drew straws. I'll have to make the Trump speech. It's not going to be original because we never are, but I guess I'll go and do it. She gets up on stage and she pants the whole time like she just ran to the mailbox, um, at, you know, out of nowhere. And she's panting the whole time. She's sweating. She's, she's losing her breath. And in the moment, all the sycophants in the crowd are like, you go, Meryl. You play make-believe for a living. And now you're telling us that Trump is bad and feeding our echo chamber. Please tell it to us, Meryl. She's a hero. Yeah. And rinse, lather, repeat. You see Ashley Judd at the Women's March. You see Madonna at the Women's March or wherever the hell she was when she made that remark about the White House. Um, listen, their rallying cry is Hillary Clinton, whose death warmed over. Uh, you have Maxine Waters, who is James Brown wearing a corpse. Uh, you have Keith Olbermann, who fires 35 of his personal drivers because he's antisocial and can't function in society takes baths before his show because he doesn't want to talk to anybody. 
um, one of the biggest pieces of shit at ESPN Studios, and there's a lot of them. No one liked this guy, and now he's he's on GQ. I, I you know, I, I don't know what the hell that is. G, I, G, I know it's a magazine, but I don't know what mail is going to be like. Hey, let me go see what Keith Olbermann is saying on GQ YouTube's account. Um, and then you have who else? Oh, Bill Bill Nye, the Science Guy. Um, and let me stop you. Let me let me let me tie a couple things in and then stop you because I I grouped this this person in. So what about Katy Perry's comments following the Manchester bombing? Okay, quote. I think the greatest thing we can do now is unite as people, as fan bases, all all of it, right? Whatever yep. we say behind people's backs, the internet can be a little bit ruthless as far as fan bases go, but I think that the greatest thing we can do now is just unite and love each other. No barriers, no borders. All we need to do is coexist. Oh, God. Um, what's your reaction? What's your reaction to that? Well, on the coexist front, um, one of the pictures from the bombing um, I don't know if it was the actual bombing from the other day. Um, are you still there? Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought I hung up on you. Um, one of the pictures from the other day showed a car with a Coexist bumper sticker all blasted out from a bomb. So let that be a nice little microcosm for the whole Coexist part. Um, what liberals do best is platitudes. So, you know, you'll see people on the right doing, you know, military platitudes where they pretend they love everything about the troops, blah, blah, blah. So it's on both sides. Liberals will do things where everyone's got to come together, be one, uh, sing Imagine, um, you know, all that stuff. Come together without any real plan behind it. It just sounds good, so we'll say it. The virtue signal, um, and then nothing ends up happening. And Katy Perry, um, who just went full Miley Cyrus with her haircut, she's a Illuminati whore. That's a new thing. That, yeah, well, that's that's what you do in Hollywood. You sell your soul you, so you can get some money. I mean, Kesha had sex with a dark spirit, she claims. And, oh, my God, life isn't going well for her right now. Oh, my God, shocked. Um, who did, uh, wait, wait, who did, um, speaking of um, claiming they had sex with, uh, who's the guy from uh, the Shire there? Bilbo Baggins? Yeah, yeah, what's the, what's the character's name, the one that carries a record? Uh, Golem? Smeagol? <laughs> he did. He was one that carried the record. Yes, he was the other one that carried the record throughout the movies. Bilbo Baggins. Yes, and what was his character played by? He, um, uh, Elijah Wood. Uh, Elijah Wood. Was, yes, and who did he say that, that, that he was, I don't know if he had sex with, but people around were having sex around him. Um, oh, he, there's a big ring. There's a big ring, a prostitution ring in Hollywood. Is that where well, you're going with this? a prostitution ring. Child prostitution ring. Yes. Yes. Wow. See, that was a that was, Did you see that? Hollywood Six degrees. Calls out Hollywood's pedophile problem. Yes. It's everywhere, Ross. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. That should be the topic of a. That should be the topic of another episode. We will. We're gonna get into that. All right. Anyway. So where? Let's get back to my flight. Just kidding. No. Uh. So let's. Can we? Can we? Pivot, <laughs> uh. Can we pivot to the hot topic? So we've already beaten to death, Kathy Griffin. Verbally. Well, no, I want to know. I, I don't think we have. I want to know. And to me, it's it's the line, right? It's the line where I think I need to challenge people on the left that are still willing to go. And I want to say, aren't you? Haven't is, is this enough? Like, is this is this not even shocking enough to you that like, you know, it's those people. I feel like in the what's that with the book that we all have to read, the the Lord of the Flies. Yep. You know, yep. the children on the island. I feel like all these little fucking children on the left. I feel like it's like all fun and games. Until one of them like kills somebody, actually, 
right? And everybody kind of goes, oh my god, what is, what are we even doing? Right, right. Like, well, no, that was the guy in Portland. Uh, the moment is this goddamn fucking picture of this stupid bitch holding that goddamn mannequin of his head cut off. Like, isn't this the end of this all? This whole thing? Isn't this the, the moment where the left snaps out of it and they come to and say, whoa, we've gone way too far. With no, this. they're not going to snap out of it. They're, they're, their head is in the clouds. They're smug. Their nose is in the air. They will never admit that Hillary lost because she sucked. They will blame others. That's too dangerous. If, it's, that, if you think that, that that's sad. Well, that's that's the way it is. It's the alcoholic that doesn't want to look in the mirror and say they have a problem. Um, it's the drug addict that just thinks nothing's wrong with them. This is what the liberals have become since November 8th. And they've tried and tried and tried to invalidate the results. But look, <laughs> she didn't win. And I know it, I don't want to keep rubbing it in, but it's like you're not getting it. You don't freaking get it. She didn't lose because of Russia. We're going to talk about that in a second. She lost because she was a flawed candidate, as Trump was too. But you know what? Trump won. He wasn't a career politician. That's a slimy profession to be a career politician. She dreamed of it as a little girl. I don't give a shit if she dreamed about it. I dreamed about doing a lot of things too. My dreams didn't come true, so I got over it. But she, she was entitled. It was hers. It was her crown. And she still fucked it up. She fucked it up to Obama in 2008. No one was playing the Russia card. She lost to the black man. The lady lost to the black man. And, and no one saw that as a big deal. It was all in-house, whatever. But you know what? To then lose to Trump eight years later, you choked twice. This was your presidency to win well, twice. I think, it, I think you're clarified. You know, this is just my opinion, but I think it's different, right? Because the first time when she lost to Obama... She was still a globalist, losing to a globalist, right? Yeah. So it's essentially, hey, wait your turn. Right. We've been dealing with that business forever. Right. Right. Hundreds of years, hey, wait your turn. Right. Same thing. But it was, but it, but, but that was two thousand eight was interesting because it was the African American against the woman for right. for leaderships. Like, well, I don't care about that. Shit. It was globalist versus globalist. It, they were both globalists, but as far as the um, as far as the um, identity politics Olympics. You know, you had, oh, who's going to be first? The first black president or the first woman president? And because McCain was such a rollover. Um, and no one was complaining back then when she got her ass kicked by Obama that yeah, she was a flood. Listen, she got, she didn't really, again, she didn't really get her ass kicked. It's like when you, you, you don't get your ass kicked by a quote-unquote opponent and then they make you secretary of state. Like, That's true. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. But, that, but, was a total, that was a total, like, hey, we're in the same fraternity, cut it out. Like, well, they all, they flew out to the Bilderberg meeting a couple months before. And that's when it was decided, you know, how this is going to go next. And she needs to be groomed, and this is what has to happen. Obama uh, was the black Macron. Yes, he was. He was sheep-dipped. He's been, you know, his mother had CIA links, and he was been groomed from the start. I have no patience for politicians being groomed. That is such a low life thing to do. His mom was, yeah. No kidding. He was on the record. He was. His books. I read both of his books. And I don't know why I don't know if I was listening. <laughs> I guess that's part of being in the CIA. Yeah. I'm not going to mention it, but right. uh, maybe they would. But no, I never saw any mention of that whatsoever. It kind of makes sense. You know, his father born in Nigeria. Um, interesting. Okay. Yeah, so we'll, we can talk about. The, yeah, I can, I can dig up some info on that. But yeah, she was. She was Closet CIA, as they all are. Um, but don't be surprised because bin Laden was CIA. Saddam was CIA. Gaddafi was CIA. 
Um, anyway, um, so where were we? Uh, this is the, the low point where they just, they don't want to admit that they've lost and they don't want to fix the narrative for 2020 because they're going to still float her name again in 2020. I mean, I don't think they have anyone other than Bloomberg to run. So, so you know my opinion on that. I think that if they don't run out Bloomberg, it's a wrap. Yeah. It'll be a, it'll be a good old classic New York slugfest. Yeah, that'll be interesting, actually. That'll be interesting. Now, by the way, oh, yeah, it's, another, it's another billionaire who has actually run the biggest city in the world, in New York, in in even our. Uh, listen. I, you know how my feelings, especially in the left-leaning people, but it's undeniable of facts are facts and results are results. He did a great job of turning New York City into the place it is today. Right. Which is much safer, much cleaner. Um, I mean, hey, it's the capital of the world. It's a beautiful yep. place. Yep. I hear you. I hear you. So, now, breaking, by the way, by the way, breaking right now, Kathy Griffin has apologized for the video of the beheaded Trump. So anyway, let, can we get into the um, capstone of our discussion tonight? All right, so we in our previous episode we talked about the Seth Rich stuff. We're going to talk about it because the the radio. Yeah, well, that's the thing. We have to go back to eighty years ago. Yeah, America goes back to work. Rosie the Riveter. Um, so we talked about Seth Rich. We're gonna, you know, alternative media. Libertarian radio, they're all hot to trot about Seth Rich because, listen, here's the thing, Democrats, liberals. Who's Seth Rich, Ross? For people that don't know, just give a... Well, if you didn't hear our, our last podcast, Seth Rich is the guy that, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, was the real, quote-unquote, Russian behind the WikiLeaks. Um, and we're going to talk about it in a sec, but he's the guy that was giving everything to Julian Assange and was killed at four in the morning, three bullets to the back of the head, all of his artifacts were left in place, his wallet, his watch, his credit cards, the money in his in his wallet, the jewelry he had, everything was left in place. He was left. He was brought to the hospital. You have an interesting way of telling stories. So Seth Rich was the IT director for the DNC. Correct. Right? He, well, That's the connection before all of the other stuff that you just said happened. That yeah. So so there. yeah. The background. Okay, the back. Yeah. So basic. What I think happened was, and what what is starting to come out, there was a great three part series by Jerome Corsi, a best selling author, very respected, Ivy League educated. So when people say, "Oh, it's Infowars," the guy was very smart. He knows what he's talking about. He's very credible. Um, he has White House credentials. That really gets in there. That really gets their goat. Um, so he he his his three part series, which I really advocate everyone read. Uh, as he, he's very hot on this and actually gave a congressman information that if he gets killed reporting this story to have a certain congressman contacted uh, to do the investigation. So let that be you know food for thought. Um, but Seth Rich was an IT. He was not some low-end guy. He was an IT director. You know, what's in a title? But the, right. he was a very high-ranking IT guy for the DNC. He was responsible, uh, and I, I want to put a good definition on this. He was responsible for polling and some of the data and metrics of the likelihood of a voter voting Democrat. He was a Bernie bro. Um, didn't know that much about the machine until it got uncovered. Um, that so true, I mean, this is the way to say it. From, at least, again, these are all interpretations, right? But so the interpretation that I have is that he was a true Democrat, like, right? He was a true liberal more in the sense I feel like I was where 
yeah, if you're a liberal and you have a two-party system like the shitty system we have in this country, you have Republicans or Democrats. Well, if you're a liberal, especially in the last 12 years, you're not going to the fucking Republican side. Correct. So someone like him who wants to get into politics and wants to be a liberal and get in, where are you going? You're going to the Democrat side. And in this time and age, where did he land? In what type of job? He landed at Hillary Clinton's camp. But as you pointed out, I think that his more liberal ideas and ideology would have led him more down. If you want to, you know, put it out as candidates, more as you said, a Bernie bro is Bernie Sanders, right? Right. But he was still a liberal working for the Democratic Party because before Bernie got shafted by the DNC, we were all under the assumption that the same, hey, same team, same team, right? Right. Uh, right. I think that he may have been too. But I think that that's where maybe it lays out. This is the motivation for him leaking this stuff. Because if you can imagine what I just laid out for you in a guy who is just truly a liberal at heart and then working for the Democrat second, he went in and saw some really shady stuff. He did. Uh, and I, you know, I think that that's what, you know, you know, kind of like a lot of other people, uh, you know, Snowden and any of the other people that were leaking for the betterment of the country and for their own ideals, their heart. Uh, you know, their religion, if that's what the fucked up reason they want to do it for whatever reason is, right, Ross? Right. Um, I think that, that that's what they lay out the motivation for him being the leaker of not only, you know, what they're they're saying potentially is the DNC stuff, but it may be also, you know, he also helped get the Trojan horse into getting Podesta's emails too. He did. Um, so that's at least what they've been alleging, right? That's all we're right and and so that so basically so it's now look it's our conspiracy against your conspiracy okay the whole russia collusion narrative has not produced an iota of actual damning evidence in eight months uh right so eight months zero tangible zero. evidence of collusion and we've heard this from maxine waters we've heard this from adam schiff We've heard this from former uh, uh, director Clapper. Uh, I want to take it a step further because I've asked this question from the beginning. It's 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 double layered. It's like a double layer cake for anybody paying attention. It's eight months of no evidence of collusion with Russia, and even if you want to get deeper, explain in those people's mind what 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 is that collusion? If you actually examine, what does that mean? Let's peel back that onion. What could that collusion be, and how could that be detrimental to this country and our process? And guess what? That hasn't been explained yet either. No. There's no explanations anywhere. It's really frustrating, right? Because it's like you're looking for this thing called collusion, which they haven't found yet in eight months. But even if they found what collusion, what is collusion? What is that, and how does that hurt us? I don't understand. Well, the thing is, anytime someone meets with anybody... That's for the betterment of a relationship between two countries. Russia is being overstated as the power player. I know they are an emerging power player because they have energy resource, but why wouldn't we want to get on the same page with them? You saw what happened when Putin went into Syria and started beating the shit out of ISIS in October of 2015. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question, a serious question right now. Think about this, right? Take a second. I want everybody to think about this. Okay. What makes Russia more powerful? Making backdoor deals, as they're saying, with Trump, who could and would only be here for four years, and they would have the watchdog, as all these crazy Democrats are, right? Think of yep. that. Yep. For Democrats, 
beating their drum about Russia with, as we pointed out, no evidence after eight months. And if 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 Putin is anywhere as mean or nasty or a devil as they make him out to be, have they actually created a monster by telling him every day when he wakes up how smart he is and how powerful he is? that he could affect a a U.S. election in 2017 and that he has the power to affect a a French election? Like, this is the narrative they use. Exactly. imagine him waking up every day and turning on the U.S. media and there's a whole portion of them that just feed his ego. Think of that. Think of that. What's more dangerous? Step back and think about that for a second. No, I I, I agree. With no evidence. Why are you doing this with no evidence? It's not even you have a shred of evidence to go on. You're giving this guy a, a, a maniacal a maniac that has all these nuclear weapons. You're building his ego and telling him he's more powerful than he is. Correct. What are you doing? What he, are you doing? His, his economy is in a real tightened, constrained environment right now. He's told his people that, you know, um, oil prices were crashed a couple years ago. They're still trading low, around 50 they are a big oil rich energy rich country and oh by the way if trump was in cahoots with putin why is he trying to reinvigorate the coal industry do you know how much money russia loses if the coal industry gets reinvigorated here trillions of dollars why would he do that if they're in collusion why would he attack that syrian factory after the chemical weapons attack when he knows that's not going to make russia happy why would he do that? Why would Russian ships be allowed to still traverse the Delaware waters and the waters outside of Florida and Alaska? Why would he allow that if they were in collusion? It doesn't make sense. And anyone that says there's Russian collusion but then says the Seth Rich story is bullshit and we need to respect the family, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. You know what I think we should do? I was thinking about this today. I think that find out all the people who are actually bold enough to have this stance and go out there with this message about Russia and they want to call Trump and all these names, right? And, and beat their drums. And I think if it's like a woman, we're going to start calling her a whore publicly. Yep, we're going to start calling her a whore and we're going to start publicly calling her a whore and we're going to call her a whore for eight months until she defends herself and proves that she's not a whore. Right. Right. Do you understand that? That's yep. what we're going to do. And if it's a guy, and he's a straight guy, we're going to call him gay. If he's a uh, gay guy, we're going to call him straight. If he's bi or one of those other pro- pronouns or adverbs, we're going to call him something else. And yep. we're going to do the same thing. You know what you have to do? In a, in, you know what their America is forcing us to do, Ross? Because we're going to turn it right around on them. You know what that America is? What? You're that until you prove you're not that. Right. Right. Right? That's what it is. Eight months, no evidence, beat the drum. Right? Yep. Think of that. Yep. Right? Yep. Exactly. It's a dangerous precedent to set. It really is. It really I is. Think all of those people, all of those people, just think of that treatment that I said. If all of those people felt one day of that public treatment, I think they would shut their traps pretty quickly. Right. Go, hey, that's not fair. I shouldn't have to prove that I'm not that just because you want to say I'm that with no evidence. Yeah, that's about common sense. Well, well here's what's so... Pla- Let's play on that analogy, though. So, you call someone a whore. She says, I'm not a freaking whore. 
And then you furnish evidence that she had sex with someone in 1997. Oh, how about that she had sex with somebody uh, last month or last year? Yeah. Does that... Ooh-wee. Nobody here has ever done that. What if she talked about the potential of having sex? It was recorded. Do you think that... She's a whore. She's a whore. So do you see how stupid this sounds? This this little game sounds? This is what the thought leaders in the, in the liberal establishment are, are talking about right now. Um, you'll hear forced Russia jokes from John Kerry, um, Hillary Clinton, um, everyone in power uh, on the Democrat side. You hear those, those dopes on The View keep prattling on about Russian collusion. Um, even the... Uh, so... You also look at who's getting pissed off by it. it. The neocons will all line up and say, oh, there, there could be evidence. Uh, uh, uh. Rumsfeld was on The View. While he didn't necessarily, uh, you know, he denied it, and then he basically was very wussy about it. He was very, well, you know, they, they've been trying for years to do this. Well, they have. The Russians have been trying. Whether they succeed or not, we don't know. We'll never know. You can't quantify it. I remember Bill, uh, Bob Beckel, who used to be on Fox, the token Democrat with suspenders, until he called someone a racial slur and was let go again last week. Um, he said, Russia, you're going to find out that Russia pumped fake news into Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. What the hell does that mean? How do you pump fake news into a state? Sir, would you care to explain that, sir? And I think, he, you know, he did make a slur and was taken off TV, which was probably to his benefit because... If asked to explain that, none of the conservative, none of the establishment cucks on stage were like, Bob, can you defend that remark? They just kind of let it go. They were just, because they don't, you know, why fight fire with fire? You know, bring a knife to a uh, gunfight. Um, but yeah, they pumped fake news into three states that helped turn the election. I don't know what that means. I don't know. what Like the local access TV was pumping fake news? Is that how it works? Or the Fox affiliate in Kenosha, Wisconsin was talking about fake news? I, I don't get it, but this is this is how dumb it gets. Maxine Waters the other day said, I could tell Putin influenced this election because of the things that Trump would chant, like lock her up and Hillary for prison. Yeah, that's those brilliant short yeah, and sweet. An Alex, yeah, you can attribute that to Alex Jones, right? That's an Alex Jones, but at the end of the day, like why you can tell that's Putin influencing because she said lock her up? Is that that is that like high end like really brilliant intelligence to come up with a three word phrase? I mean, it was effective. Please go away. Like, what is going on in that district that they don't have anybody capable of running against her? I don't know. You you have to be able to throw up an absolute stiff that has some kind of pulse that can put together a sentence that could run against her. Right. Like, what is she running on that she's winning? I don't know. Same with Debbie Wasserman Schultz. That Urukai from Lord of the Rings who had sex with a wet Chihuahua, and she popped out. She looks like a damn Gorgon. Um, okay, where, is she, where is she from? What, what district is she in? I'm looking her up right now. She looks like a garbage pail kid that escaped. Oh, liberals don't like shaming, but it's okay to call Chris Christie fat, right? And make fun of Donald for having orange skin. Why make fun of a male because of his, his skin color? I call him a Cheeto. Um, so we're just going to give it right back. Um, and, and she's a disgraced woman anyway. 
Um, but guess who's guess who is one of the Florida. She's in Florida, Broward, Miami Dade County, Fort Lauderdale, Miami Beach. Interesting. Yeah, voter fraud central. Um, And so guess oh guess who one of the attorney generals or assistants down the line in the in the uh, in the uh, responsible for the Seth Rich investigation is either her her brother or her brother in law. So that's very interesting. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, one of the attorney generals in the area where the police uh, investigation is taking place for the Seth Rich murder, I think the assistant attorney general is her brother. So I don't know if this is going to get shut down. I don't know what's going to happen next, but stay tuned. It's going to get very interesting on the Seth Rich front. Um but I think, you know, we've been pretty effective in explaining, look, if you want to... Talk about Jerome Corsi stuff and what you learned today. Okay, so Jerome Corsi, I've given you some of his background. He's an established author. He's very prolific. He's known Trump for 40 years. Uh, he's been writing investigative journalist articles and books for years. Worked for uh, World... What was it? World Net Daily, not to be confused with World News Daily. Um, WND. The uh, Joseph Farah started site is the legit one. There's another one closely named WND something to make it look like it's fake news and add confusion. That's how these people operate. But he wrote a three-part series on InfoWars, and he talks about how he believes Seth Rich was just a you know a well to you know well-meaning guy uh, who always wanted to do right for his party. Fine, God bless him. I don't begrudge that. Um, he was a Bernie bro, and he was the IT guy. We talked about that earlier. He was opened up, so there was a, a firewall came down during a certain period where they could share some of the information and pollster stuff because the DNC should be neutral. They should not be favoring one candidate over another. Um, we saw the RNC did this to Ron Paul a couple of years ago where they just blatantly favored everyone but him. Um, so this happens on both sides of the aisle, folks. If you have uh, not the memory of a goldfish. So he went in. He's this firewall came down. It was the opportunity to kind of share what the Clintons had as far as directories and databases and polling options, um, in the interest of you know free competition. In in the, the breaking down of that firewall, Seth was able to see some things that looked like she was double counting areas. She was hogging information that wasn't being shared with the Bernie people. Um, Basically, the kind of stuff you would expect from a crooked career politician. He saw enough that made him want to start making copies of each email that he saw uh, to the tune of 44,000 and 17,000 documents. And he was so pissed off. This likely happened between April and May. Um, The communications stopped around the end of May. Um, It was then that he supposedly floated it to WikiLeaks uh, mind you, Guccifer, who's also been blamed for the hacks, the Romanian hacker, uh, Guccifer 2.0, um, was linked to these. But he, he provided data and reports, not emails, uh, whereas Seth Rich provided emails. In the end, uh, Jerome Corsi makes the case that both – there's two sets of WikiLeaks. There's July DNC among the five leaders of the DNC, and the second wave was in October – with the Podesta hacks. I believe, as does Jerome Corsi, I actually called Steve before we did the show, 
and said, Corsi's about to release the other two articles. I think he's going to say that Seth Rich was responsible for both rounds of WikiLeaks. No one said that yet. I suspected a while back, but Jerome Corsi confirmed it. Um, he believes Seth Rich was the one and only hacker here. And as you can probably notice, he's not Russian. Um, so Seth Rich was the guy, the IT guy, the mid-level staffer, head of IT, that saw all of the polling. His girlfriend went on record and talked about it. His cousin said he was killed to cover up something. The family admits all of his effects were there when he died. I'm sorry, when he was shot. Um, the police was, were ordered to stand down. Um, they just are not investigating it. Uh, Detective Wheeler was pushed off the case. The guy that is the family spokesperson is a professional crisis coordinator for the Democrat Party. He's a consultant that whenever there's a crisis situation, damage control, Anthony Weiner type stuff, this is the slimer that's called in to explain it away. Um, so that's the guy they put out. So when everyone's talking about, oh, leave the family alone, I get that part. But if they want closure and privacy, they're not going to get both. I'm sorry. Um, you're going to get closure when it's... It's an open murder investigation. It's an open murder, exactly. Come on. And if you notice... It's the, the So the other day... Uh, you, you saw probably the YouTube video of, of um, Urukai, Debbie Washerman Schultz, threatening a police officer and asking for the computer back that has damaging information about an IT agent, uh, I'm sorry, an IT person within the DNC who fled the country to Pakistan. They moved so damn slow with this investigation, this guy flew the coop. They have his computer, and Debbie Washerman Schultz started to make the case that, oh, you have to give that back to me now. They're like, uh, no, lady, it's part of an investigation. No, it's my property. You need to give it back to the DNC. And the guy's like, no. She's like, there will be consequences. Um, so they're all getting nervous. Donna Brazil made a phone call to the family of the Seth, uh, the, I'm sorry, to the police department and said, why are people snooping on this Seth Rich thing? This needs to be stopped immediately. The same Donna Brazil that floated questions to Hillary, but denied she floated them and said, don't look at WikiLeaks. There's probably malware in them. Ten characters, huh? Say again? The same characters in play. The same characters in play. So, again, I, you know, do I have anonymous sources? No. Um, are people in the FBI chattering? Yes. Uh, are people leaking stuff out that could be damaging to the Seth Rich investigation? Yes. But you know what? If you're an honest liberal who believes the Russian collusion conspiracy, but make fun of me for believing the Seth Rich quote-unquote conspiracy when there's 10 times more evidence that Seth Rich was the leaker. Oh, one more thing. Julian Assange was on an interview with some, uh, I think, I don't know if it was in Denmark or something, and he clammed up. He got, like, red in the face. He actually said something to the effect of, you can watch the clip. It's it, He really, like, the job of WikiLeaks is to protect the source first and foremost, then put out accurate information. They have a 100% accuracy rate. They've never put out anything false. Um, he clams up in the interview. And says, you saw what happened to that 27-year-old staffer in D.C. And the, and the interviewer interrupts and says, hey, wait a minute, what do you mean by that? That was a robbery. And Julian's like, no, it was a botched robbery. And there's no finding that it was a true robbery uh, and that they killed him. He was shot three times in the back, was taken to the hospital while alive. There are weak rumors that the attending doctor was called away. And when he came back, Seth Rich was in a bad, bad situation because he was responsive he was expected to live. You know, they were supposed to kill him, but they didn't succeed. He survived, 
And then there was a rumor, there's a report that Secret Service came in and took care of the job. I don't know if that's been um, uh, validated yet, but again, neither has any of the Russian information, so that's as, it's as real as anything Russian-related. Um, so here we have a lot more evidence that Seth Rich was the leaker based on what we know than subjected, uh, subjective innuendo and you know anecdotal evidence that people were colluding on Russia to win the election. So it's a big part of it, Ross, that these people just don't want to believe, even if it's just right staring them in the face. Which I'm not saying that it is, right? Like there's still a lot. Well, of yeah, 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 yeah. It all goes. It all goes back to what we talked about when you were drilling me with the whole WMDs thing. I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to hear it. 9/11 happened. Bush can do whatever he wants. There were WMDs. I know it. I know it. It's now 2017. 14 years later, they never found them. Okay. We lost thousands of men and women. They never found them. Trillions of dollars. Trillions of dollars that could have gone against the debt. Um, more terrorists now exist. This is, this is us making fun of the Republicans. I was a Republican most of my life. Um, you know, time to get off the plantation, guys, uh, and make fun of your own. So, so yeah, I, Russian collusion didn't happen. Seth Rich being the leaker did happen, and we're going to find it to be true. I know the liberals don't want to hear it, but Russian collusion... Not true. You had a shitty candidate. Uh, Seth Rich will be born true. Now, you're going to hear some people like Kim.com come up. Julian Assange. These guys are trying to fight extradition. They want to be freed. So they have bargaining chips. So beware the Kim.coms of the world, who probably do have information that Seth Rich is the leaker, but they also they, they don't want to get extradited, so they go to jail. Um, so there, there's different games in play. Pay attention to the investigative reporters. They do exist. The Jerome Corsi's of the world, the DA Wheeler, whatever his name is, um, Mike Cernovich, Jack Prasobiak. These are the investigative. Cernovich is on fire. He he will report something so unique, and it'll come out in the next couple of days that it was true. He reported something about there was a guy uh, that runs the security at the White House. Who has everyone on 120-day temporary contracts? They're all going to expire in the summer, and then they're they're out of jobs, and then they're going to bring in all these never Trumpers. And sure enough, about 40% of them just got pink slipped. People that were pro-Trump, uh, you know, pro the movement, were asked to leave. They're going to replace them with swampy people. Um, that Mike Cernovich is on point. Um, Roger Stone was on point during the election. He'd say. Oh, the bird dogging you see, it's really uh, Democrat Clinton people dressing up as Bernie supporters or Trump supporters and causing trouble. WikiLeaks prove it to be true. Uh, he says Hillary's flopping around and fainting every hour, two hours. We see it on 9-11. You know, oh, she's retrofitted her, her van to become part ambulance. Sure enough, you see pictures emerging where there's they lower the stairs. There's a full medical thing in the back. There's a gurney. The gurney was floated backstage. She's sickly. She's got those seizure goggles on that you see on Memorial Day. She wore those throughout the campaign. She's got some type of Parkinson's. Not that I'm enjoying that, but she's got some type of Parkinson's or degenerative disease. She's got brain problems. She had clotting. She fainted. 2013, you didn't see boo from her. She was recovering. She was in a hospital most of the time. She had multiple head injuries and surgeries. They don't want to believe this. 
because the media says she's fine uh, until she faints on on online uh, or going into a van. So let's talk a little bit more about um, Kathy Griffin. But let's do it. Let's do it. Do that. Well, by, so do you want to? How about this? We predict what's going to happen to her post apology. They'll ask them to resign. They'll ask them to be either recused if it's political, or they will chase the sponsors into pulling out so the person in question loses their show. So we saw this with Hank Williams. We saw this because he talked out against Obama. We saw this with uh, Rush Limbaugh, who made some inappropriate remarks a couple years ago. We saw this with uh, Imus, with a nappy-headed hose remark. We saw this with Bill O'Reilly. Can you imagine right now? Can you imagine in today's climate that Don Imus got fired for saying nappy-headed hoes? Right, right. Think about that. Really? Oh, remember, really? remember, remember when um, Jared Loeffner shot up Gabby Giffords? What did they do? They went to an ad of Sarah Palin with a bullseye on someone, figurative and allegorical, That's right. That's and they were like, "Oh, this is the violence they're preaching." She wants to hunt him dead. That was enough to make people like crap their pants. Um, you, you see the occasional racist with an Obama effigy, but we also saw ten times more Trump effigies. Um, and what what do they do? They make you disavow, disavow. You got to disavow. You got to disavow. What the fuck is that going to do to anybody? Disavow David Duke, Donald Trump. Well, I did in two thousand. Remember when I left the Reform Party? That's not enough. You need to disavow, and then you need to disavow again. That's how they operate. There's this, it's Media Matters. It's that slimy pervert David Brock who leads Media Matters. They're the ones that get Roger Stone off the air. They're the ones working to get Hannity off the air because all he did was cover Seth Rich. So anyone that covered the dossier about the golden shower, they're safe. BuzzFeed's safe. Uh, But if you cover Seth Rich, you're going to have to be chased off the air. Um, that's how they operate, and I don't like how they operate. If some, if Bill Maher calls someone the c word, which he called yeah, Sarah Palin, are people like are people like Bill Maher and you know the, the left, uh, you know the left brigade? Are they going to come out against this? Are no. They have to distance themselves from her. I mean, they, again, I, they have to. You're saying no? Like I can't believe that. Just no, they won't. That. They won't do that. But you saw them. They brought Milo Yiannopoulos down, a victim of molestation, a victim. They brought down. Now, thank God his book's being published next month, um, back on schedule. But they brought down a victim of molestation. Lena Dunham is free to roam the streets. She molested her sister when she was seven. Lena Dunham's a hero. She's a hero. Um, that's just, no, the liberals will not, they will not disavow. They will not lose programming. They will not lose advertising. 
Kathy Griffin will become a pariah. She'll put a vagina hat on. Uh, Ashley Judd will take a megaphone and, and glorify her. They, they, someone said the best part about being a liberal is never having to say you're sorry. And I think that that's exactly what's going to happen. These people are not going to, she'll apologize. It'll be half-assed. No one will make her go away. I want the market to take care of it. Take the Kaepernick approach. Don't, don't release him. Let him just fade away. Let, let the Kaepernicks, the Griffins of the world just fade away. Don't, don't take away their living. Let them fuck up on their own. And then people will have a choice whether they do business with them or not. Uh, I don't need to boycott. I'm not going to call her agent and ask for her to be, um, you know, damaged or hurt or violence to happen to her. That's something the liberals do. They've been doing it since, since November 8th. Let those pussies deal with it in their own way. That's, that's a fire in their own house. They can deal with it. Let them let them eat their own. I don't care what happens to these people. They're filth. So where do they go from there? Wait, where... They go lower. Someone next week's going to do something worse. They'll make a remark about molestation in the Trump family. They'll say something about uh, Baron Trump, uh, and they'll then they make fun of Sarah Palin's special needs child. There is no level these people won't go. Yeah, you're right. And no one's going to apologize. And they'll deflect and they'll say it's Trump's America. Because Trump magically became a racist when he was 69, running against Hillary. 68 years were fine. He was, a, he was a great member of the community. But he ran against Hillary Clinton at 69 years old. So he instantly became a racist. Um, who has five brilliant kids who have no criminal records, or that, that I know of, that don't drink, they don't smoke, they don't do drugs. Um, they're, they're successful on their own, um, they're they're productive members of society, um, as opposed to the Kennedy family, where they're all a bunch of fuck ups. So, but that's another story altogether. So yeah, don't expect anything. She'll do a half-assed apology. She'll still earn royalties from stuff. Uh, nothing's going to change. Nothing will change. Interesting. So. It's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. I'm going to be. I think I'm going to be shocked. It's going to be <laughs> really, really interesting. So let's see how this goes. Uh, the plan is to, you know, check back in and see how the Seth Rich stuff's going. We'll talk about Trump's cabinet shakeup. We think Spicer, Priebus, hopefully McMaster are next. Um, and we, the communications director's already been fired. Um, the leakers have been identified. Uh, so we're going to stay tuned and see how this goes. There's three leakers that have been identified. So we'll, we'll see how this goes. Anything from you, Steve? No, that's it. Until next time. Until next time. We're going to try to get this out very soon and then get the next one up and running. So, Steve, I'll talk to you offline. I'm stopping recording now.